2: Welcome to Mother Folklore, podcast are words, Irish, Irish words.
1: And words from Ireland.
2: I'm Emer Duffy.
1: And apparently I'm <laughs> Dara <Derek> O'Shea.
2: <laughs> no, I'm Dara <Derek> O'Shea. <laughs>
1: and I'm Emer Duffy.
2: Welcome back to the studio, Emer.
1: Thank you very much. I've had a bit of a, a breakaway. You've
2: been just too successful at work.
1: Uh, that's it. You thought you'd lost me there for a while and you reeled me back in.
2: Yeah, here you are, just drawing down your big six-figure salary in the technology sector. Oh, and
1: that's <laughs> it. You know me. I got too big for me boots here now.
2: <laughs> but we're delighted to bring you back away from like your your true calling, which is the Irish language. And we have yes. a, a very suitable guest for your specific field of expertise today.
1: Yes, I couldn't miss this episode. We are delighted... Um, to have first of all learned of um, this book being published and second of all for one of the lovely authors to um, accept one of our phone calls today.
2: Yes, indeed. <laughs>
1: um, so we are talking to Sharon from History of Ireland in 100 Words, uh, which is a beautiful new book published by the um, Royal Irish Academy and we're about to pick our brains.
2: That's right. Fáilch, good motherfucker, Sharon.
1: Thank you very much. I'm glad to be described as a lovely author. I've been introduced in many
3: ways, but a lovely author is my favourite so far.
1: <laughs> I was hardly going to call you like a really awful author. Now, in fairness, <laughs> no, no. I'll
3: go off and you'll edit something in, but <laughs> that's good so far.
2: So Sharon, um, t- t- tell us about this book. This is uh, this is one of the most. Um, this is really just an like exciting book for Christmas. The, the the title, probably said, gives a lot away. A history of Ireland in a hundred words. Uh,
3: yeah, that's what it says in the tin, doesn't it? <laughs> Everyone, uh, when why we were writing it uh, the very long kind of five years that we were writing it um, we must have heard every joke about how it was just sort of one big paragraph it was just a hundred words that sort of went potato and leprechaun and rain and and fairies and that's that's all we were just going to publish that and put a cover on it
1: (laughs) but you didn't Thankfully.
3: No, no. We branched out into, into actually sort of writing about five hundred
1: words on each of the words. I, I was gonna is say there's more out. than there's more than a hundred words because the book would stop a door. <laughs> well,
3: we were surprised at how chunky it looks. It's quite it's um it's short and short and fat in many ways, but um but I think yeah, the paper it's printed on quite nice paper and it has the illustrations and things, a bit of an introduction and so um so it bulked up really uh, into kind of quite a quite a nice little volume.
1: It is, and what I love about it is is, I won't call it a coffee table book, but it's a book that you can kind of dip in and out of. Mm.
3: Yes, I think so. Originally, we had... Uh, put, we'd we'd written sort of 100 entries just in things that kind of took our fancy or things that we thought people would find interesting. and we didn't have, we were just stringing them together really, we're sort of one of them left off, another one kind of jumped in and they didn't have a kind of order and then when we took them to the publisher they suggested that we divide them into those little sections about the body and about feasting and technology and things so I think it made it better like that, sometimes you can dip in and just read one or you can read one section and you can can kind of come and go like that it's quite nice, it's quite nice to just handle I think the pictures are the pictures are lovely and um yeah it's quite nice to just flick through sometimes.
1: Exactly. You can read it for a minute or you can read it for an hour.
3: You can someone someone came up to me and she said she was reading she was limiting herself which I liked uh to to one entry a day. So (laughs) um I I sort of keep going. So maybe maybe volume two will be ready by the time that she's that she's sort of at an end. But um but yeah people are obviously reading it kind of different ways
1: yeah mm. it's kind of like you know when you go to watch a video on Facebook and like you're just watching the one video I swear and like this video is only two minutes long and then it automatically yeah. pops up with the next video and the next video is it... three minutes long and you're like oh well I'm here I'll watch this one and mm-hmm. suddenly it's an hour and a half later and you're still sitting down watching Facebook videos
2: those weirdly sad yeah. it
3: if it was like that we'd be very happy I think kind of people <laughs> if we thought people were kind of getting absorbed and kind of and, and, and burning the dinner while they were while they were reading through but yeah so yeah it'd be great um, it's just it's completely taken off us by surprise i think um how enthusiastic people have been and just how how popular it seems to have been so far so um yeah all good
2: so like sharon our, our um i don't know at the moment we get a lot of inquiries at, like in in folklore about the about the new words for things that are in irish kind of thing think like think things relating to technology to modern life but these are the words you you've gone i suppose on the other end you found You've gone back to the older, the older Irish dictionary, or the dictionary yeah. of, of older Irish. Well,
3: we tried to take but, a full sweep. Sometimes, yeah. some of them we tried to bring, like something like clo, um, where we took it through from sort of the, you know, its earlier meaning, kind of a, being a kind of a nail or a spike, and through ideas of printing and typeface, and and, and through into, you know, text speak and people texting and mm-hmm. and being a font on a screen, and some of the, you know, the, the manuscript abbreviations that's used today, um, and sometimes in text speak and on Twitter and things like that. So we we tried to take some of the words through a full sweep where they where they sort of allowed for it. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's that you have. So you've you've gone to the 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 dictionary, of the Irish language, the Royal Irish Academy's original um or dictionary, and you've, you've found some of the, the entries and you given, but you give them a bit the context to actually be make them accessible to a regular reader.
3: Yeah, well, that's where it kind of grew out of. It grew out of sort of work that was we were expanding the dictionary and correcting some of the the entries. I mean, the dictionary is more than a hundred years old, so mm. uh the state of scholarship, I suppose, state and knowledge is advanced quite a quite a long way in that time. And um, uh, there were there were new entries to be put in, new words to be introduced, um, stuff you know, mistaken definitions and stuff like that to be taken out. So. Um, While we were working on that, yeah, we were finding all kinds of interesting little things in there. You know, you would never come across them other than that you were sort of, you know, it was your job for the next three days to sort of um, go through this entry and try and update it. Um, So and and we were thinking as well, I suppose, about how the, the various meanings that words had had all kind of hung together over time, how it came to sort of, you know, it went from like the meaning of nail into the meaning for like print and typeface and things like that. And so... I suppose we were kind of making those sort of links in our head in order to put the dictionary together, and it, mm. it all made it made sense. I think to put it into kind of narrative for people, you know, things that we hadn't really thought about ourselves, and so uh, obviously other people wouldn't have wouldn't have thought too much into. So yeah, it grew out of that and then took on a life of its own.
1: Yeah, I suppose one of my favourite like entries that would kind of have grown legs and adapted with <laughs> with language yeah. and with culture is the idea of Mm rivera which is what yeah. we all have learned as yeah.
3: It's a good one, is Yeah, because it wasn't even in the dictionary at all, Riva, and that sort of that early sense of sort of a person who reckoned by the stars and the planets and things like that. So actually it came from completely finding instances of a word that wasn't even in the dictionary. So, you know, the, the, you couldn't have even, prior to the work we did on updating the dictionary, you couldn't have even made those kind of links. Uh, and then quite a lot of instances of it popped up. So now we've got a, quite a healthy little entry on this. Person who used to compute by the stars. Exactly, and it was then, someone uh, who
1: practiced the idea yeah. of computers So mm. they themselves were a computer. And suddenly, yeah. when we got this, you know, Macintosh or Windows—what was it, before <laughs> Windows ninety-five? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't before Windows ninety-five, so <laughs> I don't really care. Then this thing became something that computes. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's it's lovely, isn't it? But I think kind of because it wasn't really known. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know what the history of the modern use of the word is, but I wonder if it had sort of died out and somebody had actually coined that word again. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if there's a kind of a continuity right through, or if there was sort of an early, a sort of a medieval use of river for this person, and um somebody went back to that basic sense of the verb for counting and actually kind of uh, adapted it again. But, but it's a lovely sense of kind of, I think, kind of just thinking along the same lines anyway.
1: Yeah exactly and it kind of it does what it says in the tin like mm-hmm. the person computed and your PC mm-hmm. computes, computes and that's it <laughs> yeah. it's like the Spanish for um, the Spanish word for a hoover more or less translates to a sucker upperer because
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's what yeah, it does it, it, it sucks stuff up and that's it I like words
3: like that Irish is good like that you know it does kind of a lot of the words just uh, and there's no, no messing around It's quite transparent and just you straight know, what no me messing see. yeah yeah, and if it literates, all the
2: better, sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, some lovely terms like that. So, um, Sharon, we often think of, was uh, the writing process and, uh, as being a very solitary and um, a, a solitary, lonely profession. Where you can, you're just there battling with battling with a, with a pale page and the the, the, yeah. the demons in your own head. But you you've yeah. uh, had the, the the delight of uh, writing a book with two other people.
1: Don't give <laughs> Derek ideas now, Derek because clearly
3: <laughs> weren't. you Clearly weren't witnessing kind of what went on. No, I think it, it it worked out quite well. But um, but again, you know, as academics, I don't think we'd really we'd really um sort of um undertaken that kind of experiment much before um. We sort, you know, when we first wrote them, we 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 each went off and we wrote um we wrote entries on things that we were interested in ourselves. And the first twenty five we we could write quite quickly because we sort of had in mind things that worked according to the format that we wanted. Um, and then we we each brought the and then we we brought them together. I suppose swapped them round. Um and and then and in the end we really had to smooth it all out to get sort of a fairly unified sort of tone. You, you know, you can hear a person's voice sometimes behind them, you know, write with different kind of style, use different mm. kinds of vocabulary. So I think that we, we we smoothed over in the end by sort of having one person work through most of it and kind of and try to try to make it fairly kind of consistent, sort of that kind of uniformity in it. But um, but they are most of them are kind of have came from one of the three of us. Uh, and then, as I say, we, we put in little bits, took out little bits. And I think I think it reads mostly as sort of as a, as a, a unified volume. I don't think you, you kind of see the joins too much, but um, but I, I can see the whole history behind it. You know,
1: it's not like a group project in college where one person does all the work. Someone does a little bit and someone's cracked their <laughs> earth for two weeks. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Was not like one of those? It,
3: it, <laughs> It took us a long time, though. I mean, we did. We started on April Fool's Day, twenty fourteen, and um, it did take quite a long time to sort of write it. But um, but but we did all. We we all brought our sort of thirty three and a third entries to the table.
2: Hmm. <laughs> would, would you recommend the collaborative writing process
3: <laughs> I think you got to you got to choose your co-authors carefully I was going <laughs> to no, say think, bear
1: in mind that Greg and Morrow might listen <laughs> <laughs>
3: they might they might hear this no um, they were absolute joy I have to say and kind of because we had all quite different interests I mean as I say kind of anyone who knows us um, probably could pinpoint who wrote which entries in the book. We all have different interests and we'd all have different kind of approaches to the material. Um, so um, there's, there's quite a lot in there, really, you know, more than maybe one person would have brought. There's quite a lot of approaches. There's quite a lot of information. I learned a lot from reading um, Greg and Moira's entries, actually, <laughs> as they kind of brought them forward. I was like, oh, really? So, um, so, yeah, as I say, kind of it, it worked well, but, um. Yeah, I, I can imagine that it could be quite a, a a difficult thing, sort of um, but um yeah, we'd like to do
1: another one I think now. Happy days. So have you any plans Happy for days. another one? Or are we allowed to ask? Are you I don't I think Not it's Probably
3: it's probably still too raw <laughs> from trying to get it out last time. But um no, we might do um we we do have we had some material left over. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I say, we just wrote and wrote and wrote sort of. So uh when we began to divide it up into these nice little sections, there were some things that didn't fit very well into any of the sections. So we've actually got a few extras that we're going to kind of put out between now and Christmas uh as little kind of um little kind of bonus material, I suppose, that you can you can pick up and read. So there are a few kind of left over. And then yeah, you know, we've had such a nice experience with this book. I think kind of it would be it would probably be really nice to do another volume. But um, maybe we'd be about 33 words in and be kind of
1: stuck. Mm -hmm. But um, realize you all hate each other, and that's it. No one talks anymore. (laughs)
3: It could be like the difficult second album, you know. I was going to say, <laughs> we, yeah. It could all break down, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think kind of, yeah, it's been a lovely experience. I think it has, uh, hopefully it's done some good, um, you know, raised raised, um, raised the profile of maybe, of sort of, of, especially of early Irish and things like that, and maybe got some other people interested. And if it's done some good like that, and we've enjoyed writing it. That's then, the main um, thing. Yeah.
1: Now, you said earlier yeah. on that you kind of, you brought together the miscellaneous entries. um, You yeah. brought in kind of the random ones.
3: Um, yeah, I feel a bit like that when I look at the ones that I wrote. I think kind of, yeah, um, I, I can see Greg's interests are fairly unified and there are quite a lot about places and things in there. And Moira's entries, she did some on the early church and things like that. And I kind of feel sometimes that mine are, mine are here and there and a bit, of, a bit of this and that, you know.
1: Now, I don't want to ask you to pick between your favourite children, But uh, which is your favourite child in the book? (laughs) What's your favourite entry? Yeah,
3: favourite entry. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, Some of them, some of them I like because I was able to write them quickly and easily. (laughs) So I like things like Fiona because, um, or the one about kind of the names of the provinces and the fifth province and things like that, because, you know, it it sort of flowed fairly easily. And it was, it was about things I've been thinking about before. I like, I like the one about Wolf, um, because it looks at things like linguistic taboos and maybe the fact that kind of there were these early words for a wolf. Um, they don't seem to have been used very much at all. Mm. And that, you know, there is a kind of Indo-European uh, tradition in some languages that, that that words for wolves and bears were not really said out loud it was a kind of taboo to say them because you know you might be um sort of bringing bringing that animal towards you um with the kind of faith that might inevitably follow and then maybe irish has some of those sort of um things going on so um so i i, I like things like that and we got werewolves in there as well which is always good to do some of those sort of uh you know some of the slightly uh unexpected things maybe
1: yes yes yeah. i get you now you were saying yeah. that you're going to have some bonus material coming out at yeah. well between now and Christmas. Yes, I
3: like think hopefully fairly soon in a few days. Hopefully we'll get we'll get a little drip feed of some extra ones. Yeah. Yes, how are we going to be able to get our
1: hands on that?
3: We are going to get them through the Royal Irish Academy uh, website, so they're going to put them up as little kind of... They do have a little sort of blog, a kind of newsfeed and things like that, and they are going to put them up there. So, um, so yeah, there's there's a handful. There's about five between now and Christmas, and then we'll we'll see what happens after that. But um, some things that were left over, and it was a bit sad to see them because they, they were quite nice little entries, I think, in themselves, um, but they just kind of couldn't be accommodated in the, the structure of the book as it ended up. So... Yeah. so um, yeah in the next few days hopefully I'll uh, start up a little kind of Christmas present for those
1: yes like a little wordy advent calendar
2: oh yes
3: ah, yeah, yeah, that's a good way if we thought about that now we could have marketed like but that would have that might have locked us into doing 25 of them. I was, was going to say you've got
1: 25 days so,
3: <laughs> so you'll get five yeah. <laughs> and, then, sure. and that'll be us
2: that's a quarter of the but, book
0: <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Ferris Naguelga who are celebrating 20 years of promoting the Irish language Foir Bhliain Language is about communication and communication unites communities. So, community is at the heart of Na Fairsneagalga creates a network of community-based Irish language development officers throughout the island of Ireland to support and promote Irish at like level pub at community level. Through the language planning process, Ferris Gwélge is responsible for developing five Irish language network communities and 13 Gwéltoc service towns, as well as other government initiatives. Ferris also funds Guelga Le an initiative in townlands such as Clondogon, Caranthucar, Lochray, Ennis and Belfast. That's in addition to Ferris supporting Irish language officers in communities all over the island of Ireland. Check out the great new words created over the past 20 years by the terminology wizards over on First Naglega's Instagram handle, at Ferris Naglega. Ferris celebrating 20 years. Isi our It's our language.
2: You know, um, Sharon, we often think about Ireland in, in the past as being kind of um. A, a simple place and, and and simple folk doing simple things but there are some interesting words for scientific and medical concepts
3: yeah yeah we were quite keen to bring those out i think because um yeah the irish were at the forefront in various things like computers as we could have talked about earlier sort of reckoning time by the stars and things like that and yeah we were we were quite keen to bring that out early on and as some of the sort of the some of the workshops and things that we've done that's a, that's an aspect that we've tried to to sort of focus on um, we're doing some things at the um, the Northern Ireland Science Festival coming up, and the Cambridge Science Festival. So we're going to look at some yeah some of those ideas. The Irish is as uh, uh, involved with technology, involved with science, and 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 things along those lines.
1: Well, like that. One of my favorite things, like I've said, is the fact that we have this idea of a Rivera and that we just didn't call it like computer yeah. and there was like a, a father thrown in there somewhere and mm. it was like, yeah, it'll do. Yeah. We'll put it yeah. in there with we taxi and pizza. We did that as well, pizza. of
3: course, sometimes. But um but yeah, uh, yeah the, the native words are lovely. and kind of really kind of, as I say, kind of, kind of sometimes quite transparent and rich sort of words.
1: Yeah. It's a bit magic.
2: And it's is. fun the way that... <laughs> And the word for the internet, it comes from an old word for a trap, isn't it? Just
3: yeah, tra- that was lovely. That made us laugh kind of um, quite a lot. Yeah, that was something, again, that kind of had just gone in. Uh, you know, we've been updating de- the dictionary for a while, and one of the updates came in 2013. And, uh, yeah, that was the first time sort of that that word had been identified as as the word for a kind of a, a trap. And actually, it's used in kind of quite a funny sense. It's sort of, um, it's someone writing in a manuscript, um, County Clare, I think, if I remember correctly. Uh, and he said is um, that he knows something that he could set a trap um, for someone else. So it's like a metaphorical trap. So it works even better for the internet. I think yeah. the internet is a kind of metaphorical trap that sort of draws you in, <laughs> catches you there. So um, we've come so full circle the idea
1: way. of the Facebook videos <laughs> now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly back to that yeah yeah so, so they, they have nice little resonances sometimes you think kind of when you're making up new vocabulary it's always good to check what the original meaning of the word might have been um because you know they can have they can have all kinds of connotations in the earlier language
2: I suppose Sharon we'd love to ask how, how did you find how did you find yourself in this world of old Irish words like did, did were you, were you <laughs>
1: how did you land yourself with the trouble of it I don't know when you when
3: you get in, you can't get out again. I think that's that's the worst thing. Um, I, yeah, it's yeah. I, I I don't know. I I mean I never started off down this road. I suppose um, I actually went um, initially to university in Aberdeen. I did lots of Scots Gaelic there, and I thought I would be a sort of modernist. Um, But then once you get a little taste of the weird and wonderful world of early Irish, it is very, very hard. So um, many, 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 and I'll not say how long, years later, I'm I'm still there. enjoy it. The dictionary is fantastic. If anybody, um, if anybody fancies browsing round, um, do bring up www.dil.ie. And um, you can search in English. So even if you don't have, obviously, it doesn't really work. Put modern Irish words in. So put the English in, maybe, and uh, it'll bring you up all kinds of results um, and, and words in the early language, and um, and thereby you will be hooked uh, and, and never get out of early Irish again. But uh it's uh, yeah i enjoy it enormously it's a beautiful beautiful as i say rich and transparent language so and and we you know we we still have so much to learn about it so um so every day is a school day in early irish <laughs> it, is, it, is. it is you're preaching to the choir there now but... <laughs> is. every day as i say so you can still spend many years on it and even i say even when we were writing this book greg and moira would write pieces and um, yeah, I would just think, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Should I tell them that I didn't know that, or will I just keep that quiet to myself?
1: I don't um, know. Do you want to admit but, to it? Like, so, yeah.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I just just learned so much. You know, everybody has their own little interests, their own little bits that they pick away at.
1: Exactly. Now, what I love about the book is the idea that it's um, like that it is broken down into topics. Yeah. So like that, it, you know, you've your technology and your science, you've got the body. It's kind of modern and it's old. So like technology and science, you're thinking, right, 2019, there we go. But the body is a very yes early Irish thing to discuss. Yes, uh, but and, and lots of it is perfect That's why I say people used to laugh at the You know,
3: we'd done A History of Ireland 100 Words And it was just sort of rain and leprechaun And all of those <laughs> things are in there but, but probably, even though it's an old And typically Irish sort of thing to discuss I hope anyway, it's kind of actually Not the kind of information you were expecting sometimes Especially things about the leprechaun And stuff like that, kind of where the words came from um, so, uh, so as I say, kind of sometimes it's weird And wonderful and, and unexpected, hopefully um so so you you get you get standard topics but you get old stuff about them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the um uh, the excerpt on the leprechaun um I'm, I should have mentioned that you the leprechaun, should I? <laughs> yeah,
3: I take it that you wrote this one. I didn't write this one. Actually, this was one of Moira's originally. Of course, it's based on this kind of scholarship, kind of that's that's been kind of put out for some time. But um, but I think you know again uh, you write a scholarly article and something and. Um, you know, sort of still amongst kind of most of the kind of public and things like that. It doesn't kind of filter through. So um uh, so it was a way of kind of addressing some of those things that kind of, you know, um popular perceptions in a way, um, of, of what a leprechaun might have been, because they weren't lovely little green men, obviously, in early literature at
1: all. <laughs> no, they have here um the adventures of Fergus, son of Lathy. Leprechauns carry the sleeping Fergus out to sea. Yes. En route, he managed to capture three of them. Yes. Uh, and in return for sparing their lives, they granted him the ability to breathe underwater by giving him special herbs to place in his ears when swimming. Yes. Yes. I don't think they understand how, how breathing works if they're managing it through his ears. But...
2: <laughs> just
3: go with it, go with it. You sometimes just got to suspend your disbelief when it comes to leprechauns, even in early literature. Yeah, but little tiny things that he catches in the palm of his hand sort of thing. And of course, they don't give him kind of the ability to breathe underwater, the goodness of their heart or anything. Um, it's no, I mean they got
1: him killed by a sea monster, anyway. So. Yes,
3: and kind of yeah, because so you see, they don't give it doesn't work in his own sort of home territory. There's always a catch when it comes to a leprechaun.
1: Yes, um, so you have, uh, or rather, Moira has uh, medieval Irish authors assign leprechauns along with other monstrous creatures to the family of biblical con, mm. brother of Abel, sons of Adam. Yes, so there again, you're getting that kind of idea of early Irish authors. Um Making room for themselves in religious history.
3: Yes, absolutely, and kind of you know adapting and fitting fitting Ireland in, or sometimes fitting fitting things that kind of the Bible into Ireland in a way, kind of the other way around. They so, kind of
1: they they retrofit themselves in and around yeah, yes. the Bible to make themselves more important, which yeah. isn't a topic that you think you would get out of a book that's like that lying on a coffee table that's somewhere. that's that's the very kind of thing it's deceptive but I think in some ways
3: the images the illustrations that went with the book um you know help with that they sort of get you mentally ready for for the text maybe to not be quite as you might expect so you know they're kind of they're quite a little bit disturbing some of them in themselves and a little bit untypical
1: it's it's Joe McLaren that did the illustrations and I suppose the the illustration that's pushed for the book is the one where um the lad has the the really spiky hair and it's yes. so stiff that there's apples skewered into it.
3: Yes, he's supposed to be Cahullin. Did you know the story yourself sort of thing? So he is in there kind of when, when he undergoes his sort of his, his warp spasm, one of the effects. Yeah, so through, of his yes. eye comes out kind of in a big, one is as big as the rim of a bowl and one eye is sucked back into his head that's as small as the eye of a needle. And then part of it is that his hair stands in end so that the apples falling from the trees would have been spiked on it and um, yeah I suppose that somehow that that sort of captured the imagination and he ended up as an illustration like that so um
1: yes but, and there's kind of crows going through the book yeah um, and the one of the old
3: kalyach a... the sort of kind of the the old woman with the the bird on her kind of as a sort of as the 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 to kind of can turn into a crow and hover over battle and things like that um, she's fantastic, I think, kind of Hodges figures had her on uh, a big board in the, in the window around Halloween time and she looked good for that kind
1: of time of year. Yes, I mean, there's an awful lot of material that you can work with in early Irish literature and Irish literature in general that you can kind of get these Almost mad illustrations out of so yeah. I think Joe's done a, a fantastic job and even the um, limited edition cover that you um, ran with the the asteroid the on the, the front of it the comet
3: yeah. It's just it, stunning. it was lovely, wasn't it? Kind of, it was kind of completely different kind of vibe to it than sort of as the, the standard. We had to kind of bit backwards and forwards, which cover will we will we kind of go with? Um, and the end, I think, kind of, they thought that kind of the, the hair and the apples really kind of stood up. And you can kind of, you can see it for a long way away as you're sort of passing a shop window. You could think there's there's the book there. But um, but yeah, we, we love the comet as well. The comet's a lovely one.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: The hairy star, of course, it was kind of, as we have it in, you know, the word the translation it's literally as a kind of hairy star. It's again, as you were saying, kind of, you know, it's a beautifully rich kind
1: of image. A
3: mm. um, sort of a comet with a trail coming
1: out behind it. Exactly. So you get to do all these like mad things in your, when you're illustrating. Mm. Whereas poor yeah. Kirsten here, our illustrator, gets to listen to us talk absolute scutter and has to try, <laughs> <laughs> has to try and make an illustration down. of
3: it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them, yeah, some of, the, some of them were great. Um, We really kind of, I mean, we didn't know what, how you would illustrate a book like that at all. What kind of, what I thought kind of initially that we might have, you know, photographs or something like that that would go with it um, and this couldn't be further from from what we imagined but as you say kind of I think kind of they picked up on ideas that was quite dark in places and a little bit surreal and unexpected and um, yeah ran with that and yeah, no, not what I would have imagined as the illustrations at all but actually at the end of the day I think probably they're quite you know they're quite in keeping with what the content
2: is. I think so because I think there's a, there's an expectation of what the illustrations of a book about Irish or or, or Irish subject matter should be, and I think yeah. it's it's something I know with um, when I think of uh, my own book and Le Lebrocki's, uh the, the illustrations for the town and yeah. and, so, and and this is well the idea that there's an expectation of things that are going to be green and shamrocky and or pictures yes. of pints and, uh, and yes. a, a certain image of what. A certain kind of romanticized kind of uh, warriors with swords and chainmail, whereas the Yes it seems yes. The, the the people who, the people who resisted that have gone completely iconic, and that's been really wonderful.
3: Yeah, well, kind of we're we're hoping to have um to have an exhibition as well, kind of maybe get some more illustrations done and and have a have a, an exhibition of some of the pictures done up with some, you know um. Some of the words maybe some of the citations just that kind of capture something about a sort of certain aspect of sort of cultural history and things like that so um so um maybe coming to coming to a library near you <laughs> someday soon mm. um we, we, we're hoping to have to have some of those boards put up
2: because there was I remember when when I was going through the uh the dictionary it's it's very easy to fall into a wormhole when you're looking at the the, the di. Yeah. and yeah I, I <laughs> There's two entries that always stay with me. There's one that the for wren lore, uh the idea that that people can predict the future by watching wrens playing and the amount of times yeah. a wren would jump up and down. Yeah, downwards. and
3: ravens as well, kind mm. of. I think they come from the same text, the the wrens and the and the ravens, yeah. It taps so many times on the ground, it tells you how many people are going to die and things like that. Yeah.
2: Mm. And then there was a great word, which I think is the only instance of it is actually in um, the dictionary, is biebsuck, which is to kill someone twice. <laughs>
3: When you had the threefold death and things like that, I suppose, you know, where you kind of would, would stab, so, oh, I can't remember what, stabbing and drowning and falling from a tree and things like that, where you kind of would <laughs> die in these kind of um, three ways before you were finally finally out. Yeah. So um, killing of two ways, I kind of, yeah, we've got lots of entries that are in the dictionary, I suppose, only from one source. Uh, and some of them certainly are, um, you know, evidence for sort of humour uh, in, in, in m- amongst medieval, well, learned people, really, I suppose. But, a, you know, a level of humour and a level of playing with words and, and with ideas. One of my favourites is kind of how the word for swollen is derived from the Latin word for an elephant, uh, and, it, you know, it's a it's a great kind of insight another thing we were trying to do in the book as well, I suppose, a kind of insight into how their minds were working, you know, into the kind of humor and the darkness and things that sometimes you find in, in there, you know, try and bring out the people in a way. Well, I never knew that. Ah, yeah, but... uh, you see, there's so much in there to find. You could you could spend a lifetime um, picking out the, the words from the dictionary once you've mm-hmm. gone in. You're never you're never coming back.
1: Yeah, you're in too deep now. It's done. <laughs> you, yeah. are.
3: you
2: are. <laughs> Sharon, we do love to ask our guests what their favourite Irish word is.
3: Oh no! Um... <laughs> <laughs> in,
2: in, in the context, you know, that might be a hard. I'm going to
3: tell you some of my favourite. Um, my favourite words are kind of words, and I can't remember what the word there's. A, there's a word in in the early language for the sound of corn burning. I think it is. And I can't for the life of me now remember what it is. But you can see my favourite early words every week, kind of in Word of the Week. Can we do a plug for Word of the Week? We can plug Word of the Week, yes can plug Word of the Week on kind of the Edil Facebook page because I think that's it's a purely self-indulgent kind of exercise where I think kind of really over the past five years, I've just been picking out some of my favorite words, sometimes words, phrases and things like that um, every week, uh, usually on a Friday. I'm, I'm putting them up there. So if you just want to run through what my favorite word of the week is, because it changes like that, I think um, just fo- follow us. Follow us on Facebook, as they say, or follow us on Twitter. Yes. And uh, and you'll get you'll get you'll get a whole reading of kind of it changes every day or two. Every time I discover a new one, that's um that's my that's my favourite for for a little while.
1: <laughs> so one of your most recent word of the week's here um, is on the Edil Facebook page. Um, and it's Keol, which you have is often translated as music. But the Irish word originally referred to a musical instrument. And that's, in the what, is, that's what the
3: dictionary tells me. Yes. See, I, until I did that, I didn't know that myself. But but when you go in there and look up, yeah, some of the examples that are in the dictionary from the, the Irish glosses on Latin. So they're probably, you know, they're probably kind of 8th, ninth century there. And that's the sense that, that the word cule had at that time.
1: Also, I... Um... I was asked what my favorite Irish word was recently. I, I've been on this podcast for two years. We've been on that at hand? least. Yeah, at least. And uh, <laughs> I'd never been asked. And as soon as I was asked, I was like, <gasps> "I don't know." Hmm. Um, no, it's so many. You can, it's very difficult to stick with one. Once you spot another one, you're off. I know that's it. But um, <laughs> I finally decided, finally, hmm. Um, hmm. that my favorite Irish word is kirk. Oh, Which is the yes. Irish okay. for a hen, hmm. and I love. Are it. Are you just going with that? That seems that
3: seems very common and uncomplicated. Yes, and because it kind of sounds a
2: bit like a chicken too. Chirp 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 chirp. Yeah, doesn't it? It's like it's it. like plucking.
3: Yeah. See.
1: Okay. And will you stick with that one, or will that will that only last till
3: you've spotted something
1: else? Well, well, hmm. I mean. I think it's my favorite. My mom always has chickens in the house as well, and they're like, well, not in the house in at like at home, they're in the garden. Jesus. <laughs> 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 there's like chickens on my bed when I'm not there during the week. Um but I've just spotted there that one of our favorite images from a history of Ireland in a hundred words is a turkey the in a turkey. travel bag. To illustrate I love like the turkey banker. a lot isn't he good I'm not sure I did explain
3: him on, on Facebook a while ago because I'm not sure if everybody kind of got why why he was in a bag Um but yeah he's supposed to be in a travel bag because of course he's a turkey which in English is named after the country of Turkey of course they came from the Americas in the first instance and it was a kind of foreign bird and in Ireland and in other places as well it was kind of referred to as a, a, a French hen really kind of a um, a um, uh, Kirk Frankoch. So, um, so yeah, that's why he had travelled all round, and he was in his bag. I really, really like him.
1: He's very cute. I'm looking at him here. <laughs> He's got lovely he, brown he feathers is, in the blue uh, bag.
3: And, and some, some of the other ones are kind of not so, not not quite so cute and alluring, though.
1: <laughs> no, not really, not at all.
2: Speaking <laughs> of Frankoch, obviously that's the, the usually is an abbreviation of luck, Frankoch, the the Irish for a rat, being a French mouse or a, or a Frenchman. Uh, it's, yes. It's, how? When did that start? Because I'm always getting people ask, "What did France do to Ireland to cause to cause the rat, rats? Uh, brought
3: to... us rats. Brought us rats. It was that um, handball yeah, there. What is... was it?
1: <laughs> Thierry Henry's handball that was it? We don't.
3: It... There there is a cat chasing a very large rodent in the Book of Kells, and people have sometimes referred to it as the cat and the rat sort of thing from the Book of Kells. But it seems to me that um, there were no rats in Ireland. I'm going to venture this. There were no rats in Ireland. um, The black rat seems to have come over with the Anglo-Normans, and that's why we call it the... That's why I used the word Frangach. It was associated with French. Mm. And then the brown rat didn't come to much, much later. It seems to come in the 18th century, which I only learned when writing that um, entry um, on Frangach for 100 words. So so I maybe maybe no rats, um, maybe no rats in Ireland at all. Uh, a, a lot of, The Anglo-Normans brought a lot of beasties and birds to Ireland. And I had never, again, really thought about that before, how as an island...
1: I was um, going to say, could we he, blame it on Saint Patrick? Did he bring the rats <laughs> instead of take the snakes? I don't
3: know. He was getting rid of things, kind of, and the Anglo-Normans were bringing things. But yeah, oh. but but as an island, a lot of things couldn't come on their own. They had to kind of come in ships or something like that. So maybe even hedgehogs, rabbits, things like that, um, all came to Ireland with the Anglo-Normans. And so, kind of, some of the words that we have, some of the earliest words that we have, um, are related to the the Anglo-Norman words for those.
2: One of the dictionaries in the 19th century I think it was maybe O'Reilly's uh, one he states that the frog was brought to Ireland by William of Orange's troops <laughs>
3: was that substantiated were there were there scholarly references with that or or to just <laughs> I, throw that out i have to <laughs> say I,
2: I i saw it and i was quite surprised and it, there's this a little note saying oh I, i'll i'll be happy to send you the the, the, the extract afterwards but the um, well that's
3: but it, that's it, a good one yeah, yeah. I, I remember
2: thinking that, that i've never heard that before and it's the kind of thing you would have, thought would, would have caught on but apparently yeah the frog is uh, uh, apparently the frog was, was introduced as part of that uh, campaign
3: well that's something for the uh, upper history of ireland in another hundred words then perhaps we can start looking into words for sort of various kinds of reptiles and things and um and we can we can start off with that frog right here could be the moment where history of ireland in another hundred words starts (laughs) with the entry for frog we'll go away and have a look for it but sometimes you think things like that couldn't possibly be true um and it turns out (laughs) they are true Mm. so um So, yeah, I mean, that's what I say. We kind of put the the book kind of thrived on on information like that. That that didn't seem like it could possibly
1: be right. (laughs) So while we're talking about the book, how do we get our hands on it? Well, any good good bookstore can say that. I don't know. Um,
3: We've actually, we we ran out of copies for online ordering, as I say, kind of in the unexpected demand. That's not not a phrase I ever expected to say about this book, the unexpected demand, but it's going to be back uh, and available for online ordering. I think, Um, there are going to be copies in again on the 10th of December, which must be sort of next Tuesday. So, um, and otherwise, yeah, I see them in, in, in shops throughout the country. Um, certainly Easton's have got quite a lot so um, yep, I was going to say a, I spotted
1: some in Easton's and Killarney actually the last day and I got really excited I'm like oh my god uh, I have to buy it and I'm like you have five copies at home no 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 <laughs> no,
3: don't, don't, don't buy anymore you have done your bit with well, class you just haven't done your bit now either. leave it to others leave it if to others if anybody
1: needs a copy I'm busy like building a house out of like copies of this book <laughs>
3: it's kind of good did you get a copy of the the limited run with
1: the comic cover yes I did that was the first one I got and then I liked it so much I'm like I'm buying everyone one of these for Christmas and just ordered a load more Hmm.
3: it is it kind of comes ready wrapped and kind of it's got a a nice kind of cover just pop a bow on it and it's good to go exactly yes
2: Sharon or not thank you so much for joining us today
1: it's been it's been lovely to speak to you. It's been a real joy. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you so much. Hopefully, the next time we'll be speaking to you will be um, a history of Ireland in two hundred words, maybe. <laughs> Don't wait now. Wait
3: now. Another hundred words. I like the idea of another hundred words. Doesn't commit us to a book with two hundred words
1: <laughs> yeah. in it. I'm really like I'm putting us under pressure here now. Like I want two hundred words.
3: <laughs> no, I tell you, we, we we struggled enough with the last twenty five <laughs> while we were writing this one, so um. Yeah, mm-hmm. give it a little. We, we need a little time, I think, kind of, but um, to recover. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's been great to see an appetite for it. So you never know.
1: Yes, fingers oh. crossed.
2: Well, yeah, best luck with it. And uh, I certainly think I, I harshly recommend it as a Christmas gift for our listeners, for their friends and family. And Thank you. All, all so,
3: yes, even distant relatives and the postman and things like that. <laughs> yeah, it can be given to many people. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you. So until the next time it's a salon for me
1: it's a salon for me and a salon for me yeah.
2: catch you next time thank you <laughs> thank you so much for listening today we at Motherfucker are so grateful to have you as our listener you know Imar we got a bunch of five star ratings recently on the on the Apple podcast I hate put them just in on one go it'd be great if we got a few more
1: I think that might be due to the fact I haven't been on the podcast in a while. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, correlation, causation, I haven't been around. We get a load of five-star reviews. Like, we got to see after this one, after this one drops, we got to see how the ratings go because...
2: <laughs> well, so consider, um, consider Ms. Duffy's self-esteem and don't, don't let her think that the five-star reviews dry up just because she's come back to the studio. Please, Please. do give, a few, give us a few more if you haven't done so yet. We know that the, um, the amount of reviews given and the amount of people listen to the show every week uh, misses and mismatches. Some of you haven't reviewed it yet. We'd love you dead. Mother Folklore comes out every Friday on the Headstuff Stuff Podcast Network.
1: You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, and also you will find us on Twitter and at Instagram on at Mother Folklore.
2: Our Instagram is pretty cool at the moment because I'm not I'm not directly involved in the posts. I decided that was successfully delegated to the cool people on the team.
1: Pod doesn't get Instagram. <laughs> He's left it to the pod babies.
2: Yeah, I'm just here with my ham radio wondering what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> Ten four of a buddy.
1: <laughs> now, what do we need to do with our
2: outro? So we um we also need to thank Kirsten Scheel for the artwork. She, you know, if you check her out on Instagram as well, Kirsten Scheel Art, and she's selling some prints and stuff which you which would make wonderful Christmas gifts, also. Brian is our producer. He's not selling anything at the moment. <laughs>
1: awkward silence
2: <laughs> if you want to contact the show we are probably planning to doing another mailbag episode soon mother at headstuff.org yeah I think that's it yourself. I think the, so then and, and thanks thanks again to First and Gallagher for sponsoring this show
1: so until next week
2: slazies. this has been a production of the headstuff podcast network.
0: For dinner then, maybe. Time for dinner.